Happy New Year 2022. We hope it's a better year ahead than the one many people experienced in the year we leave behind. Larry Richard Unfiltered with Jim Crenn and Sheila Highland, Episode 14. You'll meet Rob Rogers, the political cartoonist who spent three decades at the Post-Gazette here in Pittsburgh, created Brood on Grand Street, but has become a national sensation and also the artist behind the Yinzer Cards and Bars. The creation of Smokey Robinson Wines happened right here in Pittsburgh, mainly because Smokey's a part-time Pittsburgher. Did you know that? You'll also hear Jimmy Crenn's continuing effort to audition for a role as the exorcist in a movie about the demon on Brownsville Road. Plus, Maria Caruso Bodyography will teach Jimmy how to dance in our Dirty Dozen episode, and legendary concert promoter Rich Engler tells the story about Axl Rose's birthday party, a Greek orgy in the Steelers' locker room. It's all on Larry Richard Unfiltered with Jim Crenn and Sheila Highland, episode 14. Enjoy. You're listening to Larry Richard Unfiltered with Jim Crenn, Sheila Highland, and we appreciate you tuning in. We want to introduce you to a man who really doesn't need any introduction unless you don't know him. And we'll give you one anyway. But I'm pretty sure you know his work, even if you don't know him. Rob Rogers spent three decades as the political cartoonist, the Post-Gazette. He's penned books i hate to say written books because it's your artwork and right. uh, you, you have to be funny and gifted in the way you present your stuff and there's such a cool vibe to what you do rob that uh i know the three of us are big fans so the great rob rogers thank rob. you yes, thank rob, you larry for being here. jimmy and Sheila. may i say also a great performer it was one of those surprise performances way back in the night of the singing dead. That's right. With Carl, I, I yeah. saw that. You guys yeah. were fantastic. Man. And and Rob, you know, I only knew him as an artist cartoonist. and mm-hmm. political cartoonist, mm-hmm. but I didn't know you had this singing ability. Wait, I do actually. When I when I was in grad school, I uh, paid my way by singing in bars. Yeah, no yeah I used way. to do really? covers. No, I'm not actually. You're no, I, have no, idea. no, I made a lot of money. I've known you for what? And then actually, now. you show. two should start a duet. Uh, yeah, and then Jim is singing now. Jim I know he is. I know he is. Career. I'm a little worried about that. You got to do a song in a band now. Me and Larry. Yeah, Sheila, we got to bring you in too. Yeah, well, let's play the tambourine. Okay. No, but I yeah I I picked up the guitar when I was in college. And, and just you know, I, I'm not great at the guitar, but I but I, I think I have a bit of a voice Was that it I like can folk kind of. Yeah, yeah, I would do I Neil Young and okay. and Eagles. I can see you doing that. Yeah. Yeah. James Taylor. Taylor. Yeah, right. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're, you're amazing, <laughs> Rob. I'd love to hear <laughs> it. That's so cool. That's yeah. a podcast. Who's Rob? With the yeah, guitar, yeah. There man. you go. There you go. Uh, we can do that. Grad school. Did you? Well, you you went. You that's how you got to Pittsburgh is coming to school. Right. right exactly. So so this is an interesting story. I I forgot about Sheila being in Oklahoma, but I was there for ten years. My my ten? dad really? my dad got a job okay. at the hospital there, uh, university, and um, he was a, he's a pulmonary physician, um, and and when I moved there, I was in eighth grade. So and and I lived there until I graduated college, and then then he moved to Pittsburgh with my two brothers and my stepmom, and so I followed him out here to go to CMU for, for uh, to get an MFA in painting. So, 
What's thought I might MFA? be a, I thought I might be a real artist. That's how <laughs> you know. That's how dumb I am. You know, Larry, masters of fine arts. It's not what you think it is. Oh, Just put it yeah, yeah, yeah. No, masters of fine arts. <laughs> Carnegie Mellon. That's so that's prestigious, time, man. man. Yeah. That's that's the big time. Yeah, it is. So it they is. recognized your talent early on. They did. Yeah. They did. Although I will say this: that mm. I I did apply there as an undergrad, like halfway through my college career, because they they moved while I was still in, while I was in college, and right. and said, oh, there's this great school here in Pittsburgh. You should you should apply and I would have lost like a year and a half because I would have had to start out as a freshman but I thought all right I'll try just for my dad you know I didn't get in (laughs) (laughs) no I didn't get in as an undergrad because my stuff wasn't good enough I mean that's how that's how tough it was okay I came out for a summer to visit them uh, before my senior year and I took some classes at CMU so I got to know the professors and you know it's it's all about who you know you know mm-hmm. then I went back sort of inspired to do better work and I did these big eight-foot paintings <laughs> on Masonite and then because I knew them I got in huh. for, for graduate school but I wasn't good enough to get in as an undergrad so that that tells you and it's intriguing isn't it yeah and then how did you that. end up in the post-gazette well so all along even in college and high school and well, since I was a little kid, I, I did cartoons. I drew cartoons. So um, when I got to graduate school, I didn't tell them I was a cartoonist because they, they sort of looked down on that, you know, and I didn't, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want them to know. But, but as, I, as I was getting ready for my master's show and I was sort of finalizing everything, I thought, well, you know, I still love cartooning. I want to try mm-hmm. it. And so I, I went to the, the CMU paper. They had already had you know, a dozen cartoonists that were doing comic strips and things like that. So they didn't really have room for a political cartoonist. So I went over to the Pitt News. So I was the cartoonist for a semester for the Pitt News, uh, editorial cartoonist. They had, a, they had a guy doing local stuff for the campus, you know, and then I was doing national stuff. And that's how uh, the Pittsburgh Press at the time, right? Um, they saw my stuff in the Pitt News and they, they said, give us a call. And so that's how it happened. And okay. under that yeah. umbrella, you created uh, Brood on Grant Street, which right. Brood on Grant, which was so popular because yeah. you you have an incredible way of skewering people <laughs> with art. Right. And and that's such and, a talent. And the, you're and, right. And the best part about it is the reason I'm such a big fan uh, uh, of Rob's. It's to me, it's not mean. Mm-hmm. It's just funny. And, and there's a realness to it, the real, the honesty or whatever <laughs> makes you laugh, and that's comedy. That's the purest form of comedy. I, I still remember that. when I came on your show on DVE and and early on, you know, mm. before I really knew you that yeah. that well, and you said, "Man, the way you draw that guy, that Pittsburgh guy that comes into the diner, you know, you were like, that's it, that's him, that's you, it. you nailed it, man. <laughs> that's I the know. guy. <laughs> that's somebody Jim knows very well. Yeah, right. Very <laughs> impressed. Yeah, yeah. But it captured." It really resonated, and of course, you've been published in national publications all along. I, I remember seeing your stuff in magazines, and yeah. as we are before I even back knew when there you, were magazines. Yeah, yeah. remember magazines, <laughs> yeah, right. paper, and you would say, "Hey, that guy's from Pittsburgh." Yeah. Well, I didn't know where you were from, but the fact that you were our guy—I yeah. mean, you've been here long enough where you've become a Yinzer. Yeah, I was—I was born in Philadelphia, lived there till I was fourteen, and then. Like I said, Oklahoma uh, de- detour through Oklahoma. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know the Oklahoma I, yeah, part. Yeah. I didn't know the singing. So, <laughs> so actually, that's where I picked up the guitar. So I had a lot of friends who did, you know, Willie Nelson and you know that kind of stuff. So when uh, I had a TV show when I first got to KDKA, oh, that's right. Rob was a guest, and you know he was famous then, and the producer was. 
Roger Shepard. He was, was in. Famous. <laughs> you were in the paper. I paper was, I was, was in the paper. big time. Yeah, paper. I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. Everybody knew Rob Rogers and yeah. still does. Yeah. And my producer was a fan. Rob uh, Roger Shepard was his name, and he was also a drummer in the Spuds. Oh, uh, yeah, I know the Spuds. Sure, I've been. I've and been he was a big a fan of yours. He goes, "Hey, I booked Rob Rogers for the show, <laughs> and you came on, and that's Sophie Maslow was, was the, the mayor. Press. Yes, yeah. and you you drew some stuff right there on on the set and gave me autograph that I kept yeah. it. I have it. Yeah, they're all like. Aged no, no, and no. These are all good. <laughs> the only thing was his sense of humor. He said. I, your mom stopped watching. Fifty percent of your audience is gone. Or no, something no, you like missed that. it. You missed it. You missed the joke. I, the the, the lead-in is, we lost fifty percent of your audience share. Your mom stopped watching. <laughs> Rob, how do you come up with this stuff? I mean, do your eyes just are your your thoughts, your ideas just come to you like that, or does it take a while? To are you going to say like bit? Dylan? Does it have to I know. On Grant come out of the air. <laughs> No, really, uh, because no, <laughs> because you you have the artistic talent, and I'm looking at this Yinzer on a shelf. This is this is incredible what you've done with these cards, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But yeah. to take the humor and and combine the two, and then the political skewering that you're able to do is, is pretty incredible. You know, the humor was early. Like when I was a kid, I I could look back at my cartoons that I drew as a kid and see that I had a sense of humor and I had some some comic timing. Mm -hmm. um, but then when I got into college, then then they you know they asked me if I wanted to be the the editorial cartoonist. Uh, this was at OSU, was the first school that I went to, uh, Oklahoma State. So um, you know, I was like, I don't know how to do political cartoons. But then I learned. You know, you right. sort of learn as you mm -hmm. go, and. Um, and I remember uh, thinking when I got to Pittsburgh, I remember the editor said, well, you're going to have to, you know, I'd only been here two years at CMU. And mm -hmm. so he's like, you got to you got to learn all about Pittsburgh. <laughs> so so that's what I did. But in terms of coming up with jokes, you know, I think it's it's things that I feel are funny. Um, they, do, they they don't just come to me. I have to work at it. And like like Jimmy will tell you about writing comedy. You know, I have my sketchbook, and and you can look at my sketchbook. Sometimes it has like you know lots of stuff written out that are crossed out and starting over. But um, but oftentimes I can see a visual. I can see sort of what's funny about it. Um, and then when you have people like you know like Sophie Masloff or you know characters. or yeah characters that you can you can rely on. You can go back to that well again and right. again. Like with, with um, Luke Ravenstall, you know, I made him the six-year-old boy that would come into the <laughs> right. diner and, and, and he, you know, he would drink from a juice box, uh -huh. you know. And like that, that idea came to me because at first I was going to have him <laughs> drinking a milk carton because he's too young to drink coffee, right? So, <laughs> so I, was gonna, I had the milk carton sort of sketched in and then I went, I went to lunch and, um, and I was walking in to get a coffee uh, after lunch and... And this woman was coming into the coffee shop. I held the door for her. And I was thinking about the cartoon. I was like, it's not quite right. And she had a, a, a kid in a stroller, you know, her son. And, and she brings him in and says, honey, do you want your juice box now or do you want it later? And I was like, ding. <laughs> I was like, Perfect. juice box. That's what he's got to have. <laughs> and then it became a thing, you know, and everybody loved it. I love that stuff. And yeah. so how this all happened, Sheila, with Jimmy, Rob, and I, Dick, we – we're doing a uh, spaghetti breakfast fundraiser for the Little Sisters of the Poor. Mm -hmm. Jimmy came. Jack Bogut came, who was my predecessor. He was the guy before the guy I replaced, uh, the late John Cigna. 
And Dick Roberts says, do you think you could introduce me to Jim Crin? Like, and I told Dick, I said, he's very hard to approach. But let me try. He thinks he's an exorcist. So I introduced Dick, and he starts talking to us about these Yinzer greeting cards. And I'm thinking of all the harebrained things people have pitched us. We're thinking greeting cards. And then we thought about it because Jim has a wonderful sense of humor and the Yinzer brand since we're both natives. And so we thought, well, we got to get an artist and we need somebody who has an iconic look that would be a brand for everything we do in the Yinzer But line. when you couldn't get him, you said, so hey, we, what about Rob? Well, Rob and I were friends for a while and uh, he always would help me out and do shows. He wanted podcasts and Rob was always just loyal and just no question. Anytime I say, Rob, he helped me out. Come on, yeah. But we do it in front of live audience shows. And he gets huge laughs, you know, in front of the audience. So that, that to me is a comedian. That's something. Remember when of. we did a podcast where I actually showed my cartoons? Yes. And we were at uh, Brickle <laughs> and, and I was like, was but cool. it's a podcast. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. 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 But, and, and I always, then I, I just tortured him, man. I would call all the time and leave messages on ideas. That's great, Jim, because uh, I always wanted to work with him. And now here we get to, I get to work that's with That's right. Him. So we asked Rob, and, you know, this, so we're the. Four guys behind the Yinzer brand. So we have the greeting cards, and it's uh, absolutely the latest is Yinzer Elf on a Shelf. <laughs> He's watching you. Sienna sent me down here to make sure Yin's kids ain't rooting for Cleveland. <laughs> Merry Christmas. So between Jimmy and Rob, so fries on everything, a Yinzer cookbook, gum bands, Stellar's their number one, egg, nog, and that. Yep. Rob just Did, Rob did you ladies see these? These are hot off the press, by the way. Available at your favorite Giant and, Eagle and Hallmark store. And then we and then we got into the chocolate to business too. Yeah, yeah. The chocolate with, uh, bars. Sarah's, Sarah's chocolate. Week, last week, Rob, mm -hmm. and um, it it didn't last. It out didn't taste building. as funny no, as it looks. <laughs> yeah, we want to save it as the inaugural candy bar, you know, for the yeah. next 50 the thing, years, but it, it just didn't make the it. The thing I love about uh, Rob and doing these with us, we do these, Larry, is yeah, you get ideas and stuff. We always brainstorm ideas. But I'm intrigued on how Rob will take an idea and he'll, you know, his, most of his originals, we, he'll edit. Something. Right. Like I might have well, an idea, but you know how to do a visual, where I don't know how to do a visual. Like. Yeah, so, so Jimmy came up with the idea of be sure to leave a parking chair for Santa, mm -hmm. you know, and... But but it, but he didn't he didn't visualize it on the roof, right. and I thought I it's got to be on the roof. That's yeah. Yeah. perfect. Yeah. See, that's, so, he does it all the time. Like, so like I yeah I took that idea and, and or I'll say something that's too long, and I'll say no, you could do this. And yeah, yeah. It's an editing in his mind. So yeah, it's a nice. It's just a fun. Yeah, it's I've a had fun to, project. I've had to fix a few of your near, near <laughs> rhymes that didn't well, work. Yeah, I'm not. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's a process. It's a process. Hey, no. I, was, hey, I studied at CCAC when you were at CMU, buddy. Give me a break. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but we, I want to also it's, recognize, Jim, we always wanted to have a philanthropic attachment to everything we do. So Jim said, hey, what about Animal Friends? You've been with yeah. them for over 30 years. So portion of the proceeds go to Animal Friends, and they're on the back of every card. And uh, they've been great Pretty partners cool. with us since the beginning. And then That's we have the Sarah's Candies with Spencer's Voice, yep. which deals with opioid addiction and overdose, which is such an important thing. Mm -hmm. So we're always trying to connect 
somewhere in the community. I'm, I'm pretty proud of that part, too. All of it, yeah. Yeah, it's great. Because right, if people know. think Yin's getting rich doing this, and the answer is <laughs> no. no. Yeah, yeah. There's so much Yin's and stuff out there. So it's fun to have something where we feel it hits a real chord, real Pittsburgh. So what's next for Rob Rogers? I know you've been working on some things. Well, I'm, I'm still doing political cartoons every day, uh, and I'm syndicated. Um, if you go to my website, robrogers.com, you can see all the social media places. You can follow me or whatever. But um, I just got back from D.C. last weekend where I was presented at the Library of Congress with the Herblock Award, Ooh. which is a editorial cartoonist award cool. uh, for best editorial cartoons of the year. Wait a so minute. Wow, this is like awesome. an Academy yeah. Award for what you well, do with actually, this. Actually, that was my joke. I said, I said, it's the Academy Award for editorial cartooning, and I showed like the, the statue. And then I said, but ours would be much funnier, and it's an exaggerated like <laughs> cartoon character. You know. Did they give you an actual look award to hold? Oh, yeah, there is. It's, it's a big, giant pen nib that's made by tiffany's like really? so so it's like and they they give you a case for it because you're so humble man i've yeah. been carrying that around yeah. congratulations <laughs> you well, thank do you what you love yeah. day in and day and out. we oh, it's it's a blast yeah. we feel certain that jimmy at some point will accept an award similar for being a exorcist in this <laughs> movie carry, i'd carry my word around a yinzer exorcist yeah, yeah. we do love working with you robin assistant you know, oh no it's been such a it's been candy. such a fun uh fun pro uh, project to work yeah. with you guys thanks cool, for having man. me oh you know? man i'll tell you and uh, it's we're very blessed to be able to do the things that we liked each individually collectively mm -hmm. work together too yeah. so uh mm -hmm. Thanks, Rob Rogers. Check him out hey, and check out his website. Check out his work with our Yinzer greeting cards Congratulations and on candies oh, and thank you. Yinzer foods and Thanks, shirts and Sheila. Oh, just happy to see you again, Rob. Good to see Keep you. doing what you're doing. Well, this is episode 10. We're really excited because we've been emanating from 23rd and Vine on East Carson Street near the Birmingham Bridge for the last couple of months. Mm -hmm. And the proprietors are Bob Bozzelli and Lou Caputo. The reason we wanted to talk to you guys is your extensive experience. You're a lawyer, and sure. your, I guess your primary focus has been over the years on licensing for alcohol, liquor licenses for restaurants and bars, right? Third generation started with my grandfather. Right. He so, was, yeah. yes, that's what I thought. That's right. what I mean. Well, you're a legacy guy. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, Louis Caputo meets Bobby Butzelli. <laughs> And Bob is a legendary high finance man, PNC, BNY, Mellon, other bank. And then you get together. How do you guys get together and meet Smokey Robinson and create a whole line of wine? I don't know if I'm legendary, but I will say this. I, I met Louie uh, through the Italian Scholarship Foundation. We're board members, but I always knew of Lou, his family, the Caputo's family, because they're well known in, in the uh, uh, beverage business, restaurants and bars. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I was working with Smokey Robinson over the years, I ended up working with him uh, as a family office, his manager. Uh, we talked about originating a, a brand for him on, on a wine business. Uh, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't move forward on it until, you know, a few years of me pushing, and he finally committed. And so um, I knew Lou uh, at that particular time was in this space, and I, I needed some help, and we came together. He met Smoky and we talked about an opportunity of launching a brand of Smoky Robinson Wines. And how long ago was that? Ooh, our, our original that original conversation was at least four years ago. You know, so uh, it so was, it hasn't been that long. But look what that. you we're, guys have we're done. We're still young. We're still young. I mean, it's and the, the, the taste is great. Keeping Bobby the, young. He's always <laughs> looks young. He doesn't change. <laughs> but, but, you know, the wine, Smoky's wine, is really 
the great tasting wine. But yeah. the cool thing was, and Bob was, who came with the idea using uh, song titles or whatever, or parts of song for, for the names of the wine? Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. Beautiful. Well, you know, it, I can't take all the credit, but, God, but, take but you know, we... we <laughs> oh, well, go we, ahead. Everybody well, else you know, does. <laughs> <laughs> Just take the credit, because I'm going to take it. What's that you know yeah. what? He has so many songs, so many, yeah. so many uh, things to pick from. Right. Uh, when we talked, Lou and I talked about having maybe four to five different wines mm -hmm. that we, we felt that, you know, his iconic name with his iconic songs, it really fit well with wine. Wine is really, a, you know, it's a classier type of uh, beverage. Right. You know, Smokey has that, that class about him and his songs were looked upon. So mm -hmm. they, we, we were actually talked about each, each one of those names on his top 20 songs. Right, right. We went through a process They're elegant and smooth, on ourselves. Like and we knew that so. certain songs would sound more masculine right. to the wines. And we said it and we Example. Spoke. Example. What, give me a couple. Cruising. Uh, with, with the Cabernet. Um, Second out of motion Cabernet. Okay. The Chardonnay. Our, our, our newest wine uh, we're just releasing now, the Ooh Baby Baby Rosé. There you go. All right. How can you beat that? Larry? I, you can't. That's strong. That, man. That's, that's really strong. <laughs> and this is taken off. So you, you started sourcing it and working out of Pittsburgh. Right. But now you, you've gone nationwide. Yes, That's sir. correct. Uh, we, we engaged with Garrison Hughes, um, who is another Bloomfielder, Billy Garrison, who I grew up with. Okay. And their firm is terrific in, in this space of advertising and, and graphics. Mm -hmm. So we sat down with Smokey with them, and they listened to Smokey's thoughts about what he, his passion and who he is. And they came up with the labels, um, which we've been getting major praise across the country sure. from the top folks at Southern to Albertsons, uh, they're top folks that love the packaging. It's a great. So we hit a grand slam on the packaging, guys. To be perfectly honest, with you. and the nice thing is uh, where we get the broadcast. This place is developed, I think, in one of the cooler, not just wine bar. I think it's the coolest bar in one of the cool bars in the city. If you haven't tried it yet, everyone, uh, it's on the south side. And the south side kind of something gets a bad rep. This part up here, twenty third and Vine. I'm telling you, you do want a nice glass of wine. It takes it. When I walk in here, man, you're transported into like some cool yeah. vibe i'm thinking napa valley cafe i've been to and, or whatever and well this that, looks like some of the, to it. some it's, of the places we went to in italy yeah. exactly like the back court like right. the backyard you know it's cool yeah so louis you We're you're kind of, of the wine guy by heritage too yes sir now did your family make wine also growing up oddly enough we never made wine really? we drank wine you were smart to buy it <laughs> we left with the stamping of the grapes <laughs> Bob, yeah, Bobby's. You wine. still make wine, Bob? Winemaker. My great grandfather came here in the 1800s. He was making wine. My grandpa. From where? My, uh, my father's family's from Abruzzi. Uh, Castel del Sangro, the club you mentioned, yeah. the Castle of Blood. That's the Castel del Sangro. Lifetime member. That, Thank that's you. a city in Italy, <laughs> and that's the social club. Uh oh. And then my mother's family came from Calabria, uh, Casenza. The town so do you have the paperwork that Jimmy filled out? You know what? Yes, you do. We, we did do an audit, and yes. his name did come up know, because man. the last name didn't end in a vowel. We thought there was an issue. There's a guy. <laughs> There's a guy. So I've told this story about my father-in-law when I first met him. I wasn't even married to his daughter yet, and he said, I need you to do that thing you do. I said, what thing I do? He goes, that thing where you talk to people in a group. I go, MC. He goes, that's it. I go, for what? And he goes, the National Italian-American Sports Hall of Fame. And I'm like, but I'm not Italian. He goes, don't worry, I'll take care of it. You were that, that night you were. Right? <laughs> 33 years sure. later, I'm still doing it. Well, you, you've been to some of those Oh, events. yeah, oh, yeah. I, I got, you inducted me into that. 
I know. I you were there. Dinners are great, by the you way. You forgot. I didn't forget. Bobby forgot. I didn't forget. <laughs> did you buy a table? I did buy a table for years. The food's I'm still buying tables. Yeah. You don't play Excellent. The only problem is yeah. you never serve Italians in a group like that Italian food. Because oh. all you hear is business and like my saw my mother's sauce. A little more my sweeter, be like my mom. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yes. It's, you're better off <laughs> serving Chinese food yeah. right, to that group. <laughs> you're right. Anyway, but the wine, see, what's more basic than wine? People always say, I, I never got into wine until I met my in-laws. Yeah. It was just a beer guy, hey. you know, typical Pittsburgh Started guy. Started the Last Supper, buddy. It's been around a while. Right. <laughs> no. Very spiritual. Very Who true. made wine at the wedding in Cana? There you go. Jesus. Who can right? argue with that? Ah. So how can you argue, I'm going to have a glass. Now, they never say if it's Chardonnay or, or a Zinfandel. Bob, Bob, or, Lewis, <laughs> Bob Lewis and Marketing they called it like the miracle wine. It's, it's, it's whatever you Ooh, want it to be. It's, it's whatever you want it to yes, be. Yes, and I, I mean, I can't imagine. Because, I mean, literally, that was the first miracle. Yeah. He went to the wedding. He's 30 years old, yeah. living with his parents. <laughs> yes. He didn't want to go to the wedding, but out of respect for his mother, he went. Just like we all did. They got there. They said they're going to run out of wine. He knew it. It was coming. Mm-hmm. And she said, Jesus. And he said. I got a couple of miracles. There you go. Can, yeah. Well, no. The first <laughs> thing one. he said was. It was teed up for him. No. The I first thing so. he said. It's in the Bible. Yeah. It's say? not my time, mother. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And she gave said, him the look that we've all got. When your mother your says, you're, yeah. that's the time your mom so even, picked up a spoon. Even the all Lord right, said, all right, mom. All right, mom. That's right. In all Aramaic, right, that's what he said. Yeah, all right, mom. Mom, make them wine. Well, white or red? Both. Oh, my God. What's better? So they filled the water in the casks, and then they, gave, they had the sommelier. What do you call the guy? Sommelier. Sommelier. Yep. That's it. And he went over, Jesus. and they said, try it. So he opened it up. He was surprised. Whoa. He took a sip. He goes, normally you serve the best wine first, wow. but you save the best for last. See that? Now, isn't that a guy you want to get to know that's better? Spiritual. I agree. <laughs> right? High priest. He, he came right in and took over. But, <laughs> but cool. that's the history sure. of the wine. It goes right? back to breaking bread and you know, family. And it's, it's All right, up like that, I'm I mean, very happy I'm a I mean, part of this. Larry, the <laughs> fundamentals of wine are still the same. Yeah. You know, you, you after agree, all these years, it's it's beauty, the same. No they, they ferment. You, you know, you add some sulfites maybe to sustain them. Maybe that's the difference, but there's not much difference. All right, we want to talk about what wines go with what. So we'll, we'll call this Yinzer. <laughs> Yinzer Sommelier. Yinzer Sommelier. <laughs> Larry Richard Unfiltered with Jim Cren, Sheila Highland, and our good friends Bobby Buzzelli, Louis Caputo. Episode 10. Pittsburgh is the zombie capital of the world, Sheila. Uh, apparently the ghost capital. capital, too. Sounds like there's a lot of ghosts we're getting there. I am here. still shocked you were in that haunted house. Well, I can't you believe know, you went maybe, in there. Uh, you're very brave. I, I, well. I never went in after reading that book. Um, it was the light of day. I wouldn't have done it in, in, in the dark. No. You're a journalist. But you went I'm for thinking it. we should. Dude, we should do a podcast from there. Oh, don't do Wouldn't that, that be, But you know what? Something would happen with the equipment. We'd, That's have, te- too we'd scary. have technical problems. I'm too afraid. How about this? Sheila Highland does a remote. <laughs> yes. You call in. For- I'm here <laughs> at the haunted house, oh my Demon God. on Brownsville Road, and, and pulling the light switch. That book just scared me. It really scared me, too. <laughs> I was like, this, is, this just can't me. be real. But oh, My but wife loves it, those it, horror uh, movies, and I, it's hard to watch them. You don't them. like them? I can't watch. I'd rather watch something else. I'm good. I can't it. watch it when I'm alone. No really? way. Uh uh-uh. uh. I could watch anything but the pos- the possession stuff because I grew up Catholic. And I remember watching The Exorcist when I was a kid. Oh. I was probably too young to see it, like 15 or 16, <laughs> whatever. But I remember going home to my grandmother's house, and my grandma's from Poland, you know, up the, so I go, 
hey, Grandma. And I thought, there's no such thing as, like, you know, demons that can possess you, can they? And he goes, oh, yeah, Sonny. There's a little girl in a village. What? Possessed? <laughs> <laughs> it can happen? You Just know, some movies don't stand yeah. the test of time. The Exorcist has stood yes. the test of time. Scariest movie still ever. Watch, yeah, you can still watch it. And, you well, know, you Linda know Blair's what? head turns around yeah. 360. I, I, for some reason, I still, to this day, thanks to The Exorcist, I go. can't eat pea soup. No, you get right there. That's a good point. <laughs> pea soup isn't scary also. Maybe it's because you just yes. don't like it. I'm not kidding. I actually <laughs> met Linda Blair. No. Yeah, she came to the television station, cool. KDK TV. Did she float? And it was around. She was, she was really nice. But yeah. it's one of those things in life where she's always going to be that girl from The Exorcist, no matter what she's ever she done She never since. could top like, that role. Never like Marsha Brady. <laughs> right. Yeah, and I met Marsha Brady. Yeah. You're pretty much that. And they yeah. always said she was a real you-know-what. Because she had an attitude. She thought she was like really the best Brady. The Meryl Marcia. Streep of Brady's. She was Marsha. Hmm. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. She was kind of the king. And then one of the oddest things I ever did in TV with TV people was the Harp and Fiddle in the Strip District has every year a crazy St. Patrick's Day party, right? Right. They asked me, TV said, we need you to go down. They have a special guest that they're going to introduce. I'm like, who is it? It was the beaver. No, wait, oh. Jerry Mathers. You met Jerry Mathers, oh, the beaver. Oh, not only yes. met Why Jerry Why are you Mathers. name dropping like this now on me? I, I am so jealous. You met the beaver? Oh, the I, beaver. You never told me this in all these years? No, you held I, it, kept it, this from me? It's like a flashback. She, I, can I do my beaver impression? I never get to do it. Go ahead. She, well, you can be real creepy, you know? Thank you. That's it. It's really good. Many, that is it, good. I, well, that's perfect. Not many people. Eddie Haskell, you don't get you calls. Do Eddie, can't, eh, I can do a little bit of wall. I can't be a little bit of wall. But Beaver's the main one, though. Gee, well, I could fire some of your Arabian Nights. That's <laughs> pretty good. And the yeah. facial expressions, if so, only you could see them. So we go to the My, strip. I'm, I'm in awe of you that you met you, him. You like the beef. I, I couldn't, wouldn't be able to speak. It's, it would be like meeting De Niro for me. And isn't he like 92 now? <laughs> yeah, he's still yes. around. I see his picture. It's like, oh. <laughs> I but, meet the Beaver. So that night, I get up in front of this crowd. And this is it. this is for the six o'clock news. Then you I was the, the weather guy, and they always send a weather guy to do these goofy things back. Why was then. the yeah. Why was the Beaver St. Patrick's and Beaver? What's the connection? Mather. I guess he's Irish. Oh. Mathers, Mathers, Jerry Mathers, a little stretch. Mathers, Irish. Okay, I don't sure. Know. Anywhere to get him. Get the Rick, Beaver. Jim. The Beaver was available. So I do this big buildup, and I didn't say his name yet. So I saved it. I said. Ladies and gentlemen, and the place was packed. I said, the beaver. And he walks out, Jerry Mathers. Craig, it, 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 crazy. Could have been, it could have been Mick Jagger. They, they <laughs> went, bigger than Mick Jagger's the beaver. It went absolutely Eric. insane for the beef. <laughs> I don't want to name drop on you back. I really don't. Is this a name but I know the PR person for the beaver, my friend Marianne. So there. Marianne Miller. No, no, my other friend Marianne. And I'll tell you, Marianne can get, I think we can get the beaver on the show is what I'm trying to say. Oh, yeah. Because I wanted to meet the beaver so badly. She knows. But I I mean, it'll be on the phone. The beaver, you just don't just meet the beaver. You don't just (laughs) walk in on this. You don't walk in the beaver. You got to go through channels. People. I've heard that. You don't just meet. (laughs) I mean, Larry, that's what I'm saying. Larry just met the beaver. I walked in and I was hanging with the beaver. That's like going up to Punxsutawney and, cool. and, and meeting Phil. Which was real cool, too. And, you know, I had a great great idea for the pirates, for Phil, and they just didn't bite. You know, the batter's <laughs> eye out beyond center field where they have the shrubs that spell out pirates. Okay. 
Why not? As a promotion, you get the Pennsylvania Lottery because they have the second most famous groundhog, right? Right. Gus. Exactly. That's it. Gus. You know his name. Yeah, Gus. Gus. Here's yeah. what you do. You get the Pennsylvania Lottery to sponsor this, and you put up a replica of the Gobbler's Knob stump hmm. where okay. they pull Phil out every February 2nd. Every time a pirate hits a home run, Phil comes out of the stump, and he can hold a scratch off. Oh, my God. That's a brilliant idea. I love that idea. And it, it, and it, it might on... and it might happen once a year. I was waiting for that. I was thinking no. I was thinking that joke. I was waiting for you to do oh. it. And uh, I got to tell you right now. I said we break open a bottle of smoky wine and we flush this idea out, buddy. Think about it. We get this down. It's a good one. It's a genius idea. Every once in a while, once a month, Larry comes up with a brilliant one. Larry Richard <laughs> unfiltered with Jim Cren and our special guests, legendary concert promoter Rich Engler. And Scott Mervis from the Post Gazette. You know, it's funny ha having these guys here. I can't the, the history and all the stuff you've guys been through. And I know, uh, you know, talking to both of you, some of the crazy stories. But uh, some of the eccentric personalities that these rock performers have that I've learned too through interviewing them, just odd, interesting people. You know, they do. Some of them are the partiers that they portray to be. Some aren't. Rich. You told me Guns N' Roses with Axel and how wild yep, that, that was, concert was. And yeah. Scott has, I'd like to hear who your craziest, most eccentric guy was or girl. Well, this is totally Rich's domain because he actually has to deal with them. I, I'm, just, I'm on the other the interview side. side but still, yeah. there's oh, some the eccentric. Yeah. You know. yeah. Well, that, the Guns N' Roses obviously went down in history in, in uh, Time Magazine or Newsweek uh, as one of the top backstage parties of all time <laughs> uh, he was paying by the way uh, he came to me early on and said uh, at, at, at lunch table nobody around I was having lunch late and he sat down and he goes hey Rich how are you doing I go great Mrs. Axel Rose Axel Rose I go good Axel what's going on with you he goes you know it's my birthday so <laughs> you didn't I know no clue whether it was or it wasn't <laughs> yeah he uh -oh. had a good lead in okay so he goes what about a party I said, for you? He goes, of course. I, he said, how about a Greek orgy? I said, you know, I've never been to a Greek orgy. <laughs> I said, what's it, what's it like? He goes, you know, togas, no clothes underneath, you know, um, party, games, uh, people in jacuzzis. Uh, now we have to put a warning on the podcast. <laughs> oh, it's unfiltered. Oh, it's unfiltered. Yeah, it's unfiltered. Go ahead. We're good. Yeah, we're in. So, so, <laughs> I go, okay, I think we can do this. I said, it's going to cost some money. So he reaches in his pocket and hands me like 5000 cash. He goes, that's 5000 cash. How's that? I go, that's a good start. I said, <laughs> he goes, well, how much do you think it's going to cost? I go, well, I don't know. I said, you want a great Greek orgy. I'm going to do it upright, and it's going to be fantastic. He goes, let me get my account. So he yells over, has the account, and he goes, give him another $5,000. So the accountant they go, Kyle goes, what's going on? Where's this money going? I go, to a Greek orgy later on. <laughs> so I call all my, my catering people and uh, runners and every single person that was available. I go, okay, you're going to Rhode Island Road and get those statues that, that go. <laughs> so, uh, uh, <laughs> so we're yeah. going to put that in and have champagne coming out of their mouth. And then, you know, those uh, ones that pee, we're going to have wine coming out of there. So, it's a Greek orgy, yeah. Yeah, so... 
<laughs> they have to get forklifts to get these so statues. You had experience having done this before. No, you I'm, knew exactly what to do, where well, to get the no, imagination. Uh, you know, I'm pretty good, right? I, that's a good call. Uh, statues. I'm pretty quick on my feet. That, yeah, you are. That's, okay. uh, so I, 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 that's what I thought. So I sent somebody down to the strip district, and I said, get 20 boxes of grapes. We're gonna and go to Shoren's next door, and we're gonna get netting and put it on the ceiling and put the grapes so they hang down it so it looks like a vineyard. And then they'll yank that shit down at the end and roll around it. And that's a Greek orgy, I'm thinking. All, all good. Yeah, I think so, right? So, that's good. Um, so we get, we get it yes. uh, all going. Somebody went over to Liberty Avenue and got some girls the in the jacuzzi. Um, uh, yes, you could imagine. And uh, then it was, the show was over, great show. Then it was time for the party. So everybody's in there partying, but no Axel, no band. So all of a sudden we hear, <laughs> boom, 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 boom. One's coming like this with a bass drum, dressed like a slave, but a Greek slave, and the roadies are coming with palms, and Van and Axel, who's being held in a basket, they're bringing them in. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> they're bringing them in. And then we had a oh pig on the spit, they had the pig coming <laughs> next with some more roadies coming in. So it was like. Where was this? It's just at Three River Stadium. Oh, the stadium. Yeah, so when I read. came with Metallica. Right. Was that in the Steelers locker room? Well, I don't know who the opening act was uh, on that. Rain that day? Yeah, Rain during Metallica yeah, set. I think yeah, I think did. Guns N' Roses only played Three Rivers the one time. Yeah, that was, that was yeah. it. So, so um, I had talked to Steelers into taking their. Um, all their, their weights out of the weight room. And that's where we For had Greek it. Orgy. They must have loved that. there was already a jacuzzi, <laughs> awesome. and there was already a, a, a cold tub in there. So we, we had a big head start. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> once Axel came in, all, all hell broke loose. It was it, it, absolutely bedlam. I didn't want my wife being, I made my wife, Cindy, sit in the car, and I said, once he, he's here, um, I'm going to leave. So... Uh, Three hours later. No, no, no. I stayed for about 20 minutes more, and it was just like getting wild. Oh, and we had a special fog machine ice that only goes up to about here because when you use dry ice, it doesn't rise. It stays about waist high, which know. was perfect for this situation. <laughs> so they, they're starting to pull the grapes down already. So as the story goes, it was quite a party. After the next day, the next year and several years after the Steelers were st so upset with me, they could never get rid of the fruit flies <laughs> in, <laughs> in, in the weight room because all their juice went down and every crack. God.